welcome to Left on Red, the Daily Mountain Eagles political history podcast. I'm Jennifer Coron. And I'm Drew Gilbert. And today we are here to talk impeachment. Yep. Impeachment. It happened for the second time in our lifetime yeah. a president has been impeached. It's only happened to three other presidents in history that there's actually been an impeachment vote. Mm-hmm. One might recall that Nixon resigned before mm-hmm. there was an official vote. So three times in history, and we've lived through two of them. Our, our generation's so blessed mm-hmm. to have seen such turmoil in D.C. Mm-hmm. The first time we were young enough to be aware of it, but probably not to uh, yeah. dissect it in any real way. Well, in tying to Walker County, uh, both of these are gentlemen that Walker County voted for mm-hmm. uh, because we we liked Clinton in, uh, in 92 and 96. and We're 2-0. and oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if we vote for Nixon, we need to go back. No, we wouldn't. We've been Democrat. I doubt we. I doubt we yeah. voted for Nixon. Okay, so let's. Uh, there's many, many weeds to get off to here. Let's try mm-hmm. to stay to the path. President Trump was impeached on two charges: mm-hmm. abuse of power mm-hmm. and obstruction of Congress. Correct. As opposed to Clinton, there were four articles of impeachment initially against him. Mm-hmm. And then um, my understanding is that that was to give some of the Democrats cover so they could say, I voted for these articles, but not these articles. So he was actually only went to trial on two. Mm-hmm. I think one of those was the perjury one. Mm-hmm. So that's um, those are the charges against the president. Yeah, It relates to that phone call. Back in July. Yeah. Maybe we should set the stage in that impeachment has been thrown around for a long time, but a lot of people like Nancy Pelosi um, said we're not going that path. Yeah, but here we are. Right. Um, yeah, I remember uh, early, very early, it was this year when she took over the speakership, mm-hmm. and she was like, no, that's that's not a thing. And, and I really feel like even at, in this moment, it wasn't necessarily her cup of tea, but mm-hmm. I think the overwhelming majority of her party was So as we see here, the, the vote happened last night. Um, and then what normally would happen in terms of the process is that they would announce impeachment managers. All of this stuff sounds so crazy, but you have to choose impeachment managers to actually try your case before the Senate. Yeah. And there has to be a second resolution. What's come out today is that because um, Mitch McConnell has said that when it gets to the Senate, that he is um, working closely with the White House Counsel's Office on how that's going to proceed. (laughs) And that he has no, I mean, these are his words. I'm not not misstating them. Um, That he has no intention of being an impartial juror when it gets to the Senate. Uh, So they don't think, I mean... People think this is what's going to happen. They impeached him in the House last night. Mm-hmm. It's not going to make it through the Senate. Right. That's and I what would people agree. think is, is going to happen. So now the Democratic move is, well, we're not going to deliver the articles we're of impeachment yeah. until we get some assurances that mm-hmm. there's going to be a fair trial in the Senate. Mm-hmm. And that seems to fall in Speaker Pelosi's um, purview to mm-hmm. decide when this vote happens. Yeah, because the House would have to send the approved bill mm-hmm. to the and Senate. And name those impeachment managers. Right, right. So until until they say these are these are our, our guys or gals who are going to be doing this, and here are the official articles, there will not be a Senate trial. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we thought that was going to happen in early January. Now it may not if they decide to drag their feet. And honestly, just a high level looking at it from like, 
political strategy standpoint, I just don't see anybody winning in this like at all. You know, I've, I've obviously I've, you've hear both sides talk about why this one's doing and why this is good, and they're uh, they're trying to recall the election results from mm-hmm. the American people. Um, I don't see anybody winning in this. I really just think this mm-hmm. is bad all the way around for both sides. Well, I thought we may actually uh, do a little test here of so let's. Let's try to make the Republican case, and then let's try to make the Democratic case on okay. impeachment. Uh, because I'm sure you listen to some as much some as I can stomach. Yeah, hearings. You're hearing the same thing. You uh, are hearing the same thing. Literally everyone on both sides. No matter no matter which mm-hmm. which time you tuned in. Um, so Democratic case for impeachment would be that he threatened uh, national security. Yeah. By uh, by withholding aid mm-hmm. to Ukraine, and he was withholding that aid for personal political gain. For personal, p- and yeah. he was encouraging uh, a foreign government to interfere in our elections. Right. Um, maybe let's pick that apart for a second. Maybe from the opposing view, in what way that phone call would have jeopardized, I guess, our national security. When you say national security, our national security. Well, I think that the the main argument that's being made there is, so we don't just give Ukraine money to protect themselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, We give them money because we have uh, the opinion that that money is used for them to protect somehow our interest in their area. Mm -hmm. So whether them keeping their border secure from Russia we find to be advantageous for the U.S. We're not just giving them money to defend themselves. We're giving them money to defend what we consider our interest in the region. So uh, that would be kind of the argument for the national security. And then side the Republican there. talking point back would be that Obama was somewhat, um, I won't say ambivalent, maybe that's not the correct word. But so Trump has approved what's considered lethal aid to Ukraine, mm-hmm. which is something that Obama never did. He gave he gave mm-hmm. money. He gave a lot of money, mm-hmm. uh, but he never approved uh, what would be considered lethal aid, and Trump did. And then yesterday I heard in some of the things, um, you know, Ukraine did get the money. For those who might not be clear with that, they did he did, they did eventually right. get the aid. So he delayed it. But by the time they were supposed to get it, they received right. what they were supposed. And then to the receive. timeline pointed out was the money was released after the whistleblower complaint was made mm-hmm. public. So then the so maybe that wouldn't have. the narrative there was that you've only released the money because you got caught holding right. on to the money was the argument. Um, so national security, our elections, the fact that you're asking Ukraine, it seemed to be asking to Ukraine yeah. to look into um, uh, who he believes, I guess, is going to be his chief political mm-hmm. rival in the 2020 election. Mm-hmm. We've come off an election four years ago where we've been quite concerned about uh, Russian interference mm-hmm. in the election. Well, let's uh, let's pause there for a moment because some a line that got blurred in all this because I think we're doing it on purpose. Uh, I, I think a lot of these elected officials prefer ignorant voters or misinformed voters. Um Pretty much 100% of the intelligence community in the United States of America has determined that Russia attempted to interfere in the 2016 election. Mm-hmm. They didn't say that they were successful. They didn't say that the results of the, the election were because were they changed votes. That's right. not what was said. It was said they tried. And this is something that Russia has done since they were the Soviet Union. They're, Russia's smaller, and they don't matter as much to the world economy, and this is a way they make themselves matter. There's another clear point to be made 
uh, literally 0% of our intelligence community said that Ukraine did this. Mm -hmm. And so I heard some people batting that around. Well, frankly, I, I'm a big fan of people that are good at what they do. So uh, for foreign intelligence, I like to listen to what our foreign intelligence officers are saying because mm -hmm. they tend to be the ones that know about that. Um, if I want to know how to bake a cake, I talk to a baker, right? You, so, you, you know, you pick your people that actually do that job. So that was something that I thought was just deliberately deceitful through this process is was trying to misinform the American public. Right. And well, there were several people who went on Chuck Todd, especially, that mm -hmm. made some news, and they continued to, to go with the Ukraine interference narrative, which has yet to be backed up, I think, in any real yeah, yeah, like literally no, no one from the intelligence community said mm -hmm. that, but everyone from the intelligence community right. said that Russia did attempt. And I think where they get... Um, where they get a little touchy there is they feel like that's almost somehow trying to delegitimize uh, Trump's presidency. Mm -hmm. And so that's when they really get defensive of their guy. But at the end of the day, just because Russia tried and just because Russia preferred Trump to Hillary doesn't mean Trump didn't win the Electoral College because he did. You know, no one, no one in the intelligence community came out and said, well, he didn't win the Electoral College mm -hmm. legitimately. That's not been said. So I think that's where the defense came from. But Misinformation is its just wrong. I mean, what are we doing? Well, and maybe this is time to interject something that I've said. So what Clinton did, even at the age we were at the time this happened, is yeah. fairly easy to understand. Pretty straightforward. Clinton lied, yeah. and Clinton had an Cl extramarital affair. Yes. And, and he one, lied under oath. One of those two things is illegal. Uh, one of mm -hmm. those two things is something you need to take up with your wife mm -hmm. and, and who, whoever your spiritual But just in talking about are. it, yeah. if you asked average, you know, Joe or Jane no, on exactly the street right. today, what did President Trump do really? Yeah. Was that case made throughout this process? Yeah. Can someone explain that easily? And, and I don't think you, that answer is yes. And that's been my issue. With, it's been it's very hard with, with the entire time. And and this is what bothers me is we've got two sides that are just entrenched into what their quote unquote argument was, and nobody really said facts. I would prefer rather than the Republicans compare him to the trial of Jesus Christ, uh, which literally happened on the yeah, floor. Yeah, we're going to get to some of the stuff that happened just because. <laughs> but just to because. not jump to that, but rather than do that, just literally say, this is not a case you've proven in, in court. There's mm -hmm. not a jury in the world that, that finds him guilty here. And I would tend to agree with that. But they didn't say that. They just cried and said buzzwords that they knew mm -hmm. their voters wanted to hear because do you know what they're doing through the process? They're just trying to get reelected. Right. <laughs> they're, not, they're not trying to govern. So back to the Democratic case, he interfered with national security. He was kind of election tampering. The obstruction of Congress comes into your you're setting a dangerous precedent of, yep. um, you know, the separation of powers and, and stonewalling and not... Um, you're not participating in this process like we have a job to do, and you have prevented us from doing that job. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of the Democratic case. Those are the major points, don't you think? Missing anything else about yes. what Trump did, why this is a bad idea. And, and then what bothered me about their side is I think once they got into it, um, I think when you look at everything from the outside, it looks like President Trump might have been doing something wrong there. Mm -hmm. It looks like it, he probably was borderline doing something in gray area. His behavior wasn't perfect, which but, is what he wants the Republicans to say. But I, the problem there is, that, yeah. is where, you know, where they've, in essence, at this point, you know, the House has convicted him of the crime that mm -hmm. I think that you just, 
we all pretty much know he did, but we didn't prove. Mm -hmm. That's not how courts work in America. And I think to your point earlier, that's what people are having a hard time with. Mm -hmm. You know, if I go on trial and almost everyone in the room believes I did it, but you didn't prove it, Mm -hmm. I'm not guilty. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that's what bothered me here is it feels like, yeah, and this is, this is Trump's brand in his businesses. This is, he's operated this Mm -hmm. way, Uh, good, bad, or indifferent. This is kind of his style. He's never direct. He's like, you know, if this were to happen, that wouldn't be a bad thing. Mm -hmm. That's how he communicates. Well, that's how business people do things. And so in this case, it feels like that's probably what he did on the call. Um, It feels like almost everyone around the situation was generally aware that's what's going on. But at the end of the day, I just did you prove a crime was committed? I don't really think you and did. And how would you be able to possibly with some of these documents that they didn't get to receive? Yeah. And then you go back to the question of, so you sped this through. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this was a very quick impeachment, really. One other thing I do want to go back to the other side of the aisle again, uh, something that I thought was very dangerous and we need to really run from is I saw in a lot of the hearings, people were like demanding to know the whistleblower's name. Yeah. That is dangerous. Um, Whistleblower protection is a very real thing, and they need to know they're protected, whether it be in corporate America or whether it's in government. If you see something, somebody doing something you perceive to be wrong, you need to know that it's a safe place for you to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't have to be malicious. That wasn't necessarily. This could have been someone that voted for Trump, for all we know. Mm -hmm. But in that conversation, they felt uncomfortable enough to say, hey, I think this might be a bad thing. Look at it. And we don't ever need to break that down. And to play devil's advocate on that point, uh, the Democrats don't exactly have a great record on whistleblowers oh, no. under the Obama administration. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, so it wasn't just in the Trump era that, that we've we've kind of cracked down on whistleblowers. I mean, we've had some fairly infamous whistleblowers that Absolutely. literally don't get to live in the country anymore <laughs> because uh, not because what they told us was not true, mm-hmm. but we don't like the way they presented it and democrats have been pretty hardcore about about those issues that's something we need to be very careful of so the theme of this all uh you know i listen to a podcast that begins every episode with doing a democratic democrats up republicans Mm -hmm, up mm -hmm. um i do think we probably agree that that's the theme of this whole thing like you both suck on both sides you you pretty much suck so let's i think we've we've pretty much presented the democratic case for why uh for why you can't. You couldn't have just not acted. This, that, this is why Democrats feel like they couldn't just not act for yeah. these reasons. But I, I felt like they. It's exactly what they should have done. Uh, I feel like they should have gone through it and said, "Look, we got to the end, and it looks like he probably did something bad, but we didn't prove it." Mm-hmm. So. You know, we're right. out. So uh, the Republican side to all of this, I, I should know this. One, how quickly it happened. Again, I will say this. Republicans, much better at their talking points than Democrats. Isn't it a constitutional right to a fair and speedy trial, though? Mm-hmm. So I yeah. don't know that your argument that it well, happened too fast is... Nixon's is thing went on for like two years. It went on for a really long time. Yeah. Clinton's thing, I think, went on for roughly six months, maybe. But then you have the Star Report. Here's the other thing. So with Clinton, you had an independent investigator who did all that work. The House was charged with doing this investigation on its own from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So you didn't have, like two years worth of Ken Starr doing his mm-hmm. deep dive into Clinton, and then we just decide based on what Ken Starr's report told us. They were doing their own legwork. 
then deciding, then voting, and that kind of thing. So in that sense, I do agree. I mean, fair and speedy, yes, but I mean, I do agree that, I mean, announcing you're doing it in September and voting in December. Yeah. It, I mean, historically, it's, pretty it, happened, it happened a lot faster the, than other things did. The one thing I didn't love on the Republican side, because they did, I thought you're, you're nailing it, they did, they did really hammer the, hey, this is too fast. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? This isn't fair. I didn't like that they were using the it's not fair talking point um, but also maybe not bringing in the president himself to be right. a witness. You know, hey, an innocent man comes in and mm-hmm. tells you he's innocent and tells the story. You know, what are you fearing there? So Democrats right? wanted to hear from Rudy Giuliani, the yeah. president. They yeah. wanted to hear from They didn't get people. that inner circle. They did not. And uh, frankly, if I'm completely innocent of a crime uh, or I'm not scared of myself on a, you know, under oath perjuring mm-hmm. myself, I'll show up and talk to you. So that was... A little bit of a stretch. Nobody really got to talk to who they wanted to talk to because that's who Democrats wanted to talk to. Republicans wanted to talk to, um, if you listen to the whistleblower, the whistleblower, (laughs) the whistleblower, and Adam Schiff, who never, who did not um, uh, come before after after leading the uh, the judiciary's. I'll tell you, and as at risk of. of, Uh, my favorite part of yesterday's thing, because I turned it on for a very little bit yeah, of time, I, I couldn't stand it. Yesterday. But uh, so Doug Collins from Georgia <laughs> kept coming back up to the microphone <laughs> and saying, "I'm glad to see Representative Schiff here. It would have been nice to see you at our hearings." And then so uh, he was leading on the on the other side. So they before they would you know yield the time to the next person who was supposed to get up there and give their two minutes on why they were or were not voting for impeachment. Mm-hmm. So they were like snapping at each other. But mm-hmm. that was a that was a major thing that Schiff would not appear uh, would not appear before them. Well, so. I'll tell you with Schiff uh, watching some of his committee hearings, and and this is not a, uh, an agreement with his stance on anything. As a, a fellow parliamentarian, I was very impressed with how he ran a meeting. Right. Basically, when people would get out of the line, he's like, hey, here's the rules we voted on. Because they kept trying you know, to You can shut delay. up and then keep moving. He did a great job keeping a meeting moving. Mm-hmm. I was impressed with that. You yeah. know, whether there was any substance in that meeting is something for everyone yeah. to debate themselves. I, but. Uh, I'll go ahead, and, since I've said his name, I'll go ahead and throw out the fact that uh, Doug Collins, who I'll admit I had yeah. not really heard of no. beforehand, now no. I understand they wanted to put him in a Senate seat. Yep. Uh, that's, that's I believe, one of the ones Trump would have wanted in that open Senate seat that the Georgia yeah. governor did not, that's uh, right. did not uh, agree with and kind of became his own man and appointed a nice lady from which Atlanta. I didn't see coming yeah. um but uh but yeah they wanted to promote him to the Senate didn't didn't happen this time but so quick story we got a dog a few weeks ago Ooh. um so he's a shelter dog an abuse case and I worried that he probably used to a lot of noise and so the first time I left him I just cut on the radio and the radio was on NPR <laughs> And so um, the dog heard a lot of the impeachment yeah. hearing way more than I did. What did the dog think? And while I was home, um, we haven't discussed, but while I was home, that's how I heard a lot of what I heard because this was a live, the live hearings. Mm-hmm. So uh, Doug Collins was one of the ones I was getting ready or, or whatever. And he did. It was his opening statement on one of the things. It mm-hmm. was maybe 10 minutes long, I think. And I sat there and I listened to it and found myself um, – I don't know, maybe not believing necessarily like wholeheartedly with him, but I felt like he was presenting the case very well. Mm-hmm. Like, and so I even sent that to Zach and I was like, if Democrats talked like this, mm-hmm. if they had this kind of backbone and put things in these kind of terms, 
maybe more people would understand what they're doing right now. Um, but I even sent that whole link to Zach and because he talked about this is being um, driven by the calendar and the clock. He also had a great line that this all started with tears in Brooklyn, which is another <laughs> uh, Republican uh, side of the case about what this is all about. This is not about a phone call. This is not about, uh, you know, interference or whatever. Yeah. This is about you lost an election in 2016. Uh, they'll tell you very quickly that 19 minutes after the president was inaugurated, the Washington Post had that headline that says the impeachment, the effort to impeach has begun or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Uh, one of the, the Congress members, the new Congress members, I mean, they've been talking about impeachment from the time they got elected. Yeah. I mean, impeachment has been thrown around a lot. And that, that's really what worked against them, in, in, in my opinion, uh, was exactly that. Um, we... And not even just losing an election that, you know, on paper you should have won absolutely. Mm -hmm. it, it's him. Right. It's him. He's the, the, the half of America or, or more at this point that doesn't like him, they really don't like him. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, that's really, I think, a lot of what drove it. They're looking at this polling data. And for what anybody wants to think, this election, this last election, was pretty much a 50-50 election. Mm -hmm. I mean, Hillary won the popular vote by about $3 million. Um, and then he won the electoral college. That's a, it was a split election, and so on his best day, half the country doesn't like him. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And and the ones that don't like him really don't like him. They were fueled by this polling data. That was the push. Let's let's go to impeach. And then I think that they got there and they were like, God, this guy's doing shady stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but we can't really prove it. <laughs> well, perhaps an argument can be made that it was always an impeachment effort in search of a crime. Yeah. Like it was hey, like let's dig let's dig and see if we one, can find it. Right. Yeah. Uh and you know, potentially there might have been things even beforehand that they could have impeached on. There there is a question about why this, why now. Like there was he had never done anything up until this point that was impeachable. I mean, honestly, if you really dig into most presidents, most presidents probably commit a few things while they're in office that mm -hmm. could at least be which here's a historical fact that I wanted to, to throw out. You heard this yesterday in the hearing. So they say that Democrats are the party of impeachment. They've tried mm -hmm. to impeach every Republican president, you know, every, the last seven or something like that. Um, so this is historical fact. That is true to an extent. But many, many presidents, the impeachment process has been started against them. Mm -hmm. Most people may not be, be aware of that. Some went further than others. So I'll, I'll leave this, read this list here. John Tyler, I think, was the first okay. that, that that was started against. Herbert Hoover, between the time that I think um, Franklin Roosevelt won and took office, I mm -hmm. believe I read that two different impeachment resolutions were were uh, submitted against him. They tried to impeach him twice before <laughs> before Roosevelt even <laughs> took office. Uh, Harry Truman, so he fired MacArthur. Mm -hmm. They tried to impeach him over that. Mm -hmm. Reagan, the Iran-Contra, uh, George H.W. Bush and W. Bush, both of which I didn't impeachment. Yeah, W's was over uh, the war, mm -hmm. I think. Here's another thing. Most of the, most of these individuals, I mentioned MacArthur, those kind of thing. It's it's to do with their their wartime behavior. Yeah, Clinton yeah. is, uh, and I guess Nixon is are unique in that their behavior was domestic. But mm -hmm. but most of these that never gained traction because, like I said, the pro mm -hmm. process was started. It never got anywhere. Um, and then Obama, they tried to impeach Obama over basically unilaterally declaring war without really getting um, congressional consent on it so uh, most presidents that yeah. process has been started again this so republicans just... are correct when they say that democrats have tried to impeach 
I mean, pretty much every Republican president. Um, we've also tried to impeach every Democratic president except Jimmy Carter yeah. for some reason. He's just a likable guy, uh, man. Who was quite unpopular at the time, yeah. but perhaps his behavior was just, not impeachable. He was just in his office eating peanuts, so, you know? I mean, what are you going to uh, impeach the guy for? But, so, yeah, it, it, impeachment... We like impeachment in this country. It's only reached this process uh, or this point three times. Yeah. But make no mistake that no matter which party you are in, the, the you're other ones, all the time yeah. talking about impeaching somebody. The other ones, the That's other ones, fighting it. Yeah. Uh, so the 2020 election, you're trying to overturn the 2016 election. Yeah, I didn't. You're like afraid that. you're not going to win the 2020 election. That's the Republican case. You're you're trying to get him out of office now because you're afraid. You know, you're not you're not going to be able to win in 2020. I didn't like the narrative of the overturning the 16. Um, I feel like they were trying to find crimes on a guy that they think to be a criminal. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it necessarily had to do with the fact that he won in 16. It had more to do with they just they don't think he's fit for the mm -hmm. job, and so they were trying to find anything that they could find. Right. So I, I thought it was they were a little they were float they were bloating it up a little bit there. Mm -hmm. But so that's generally the Republican uh, case against impeachment. Yeah. And they voted in line last night. Oh, yeah. Before we get to that, maybe let's go over some of the crazy. Uh, I'll just mention <laughs> during the brief 30 minutes or something that I watched this thing last night. One gentleman called a moment of silence for the 63 million people being disenfranchised. I laughed so And it was hard. a long moment of silence. I don't know if because of 63 million, if he did a 63 was, second, I'm not sure. I wasn't paying that close attention, but there well, was they, a moment well, of silence. Well, they were getting yielded uh, between a minute and a minute and a half, so I it think, was probably, yeah. yeah, right at that 60 seconds. It, he did a moment of silence for those being disenfranchised. <laughs> I saw that. Um, uh, this impeachment was compared to uh, Pearl Harbor. I didn't hear that one. To the crucifixion of Jesus. Well, I heard the uh, they compared it to that Pontius Pilate gave Jesus Christ a mm -hmm. more fair and trial. Pearl Har yeah, Pearl Harbor, <laughs> I, I think, that was... was that this also will be a date which will live in infamy. <laughs> um, Mr. President, in his letter to Nancy Pelosi. Well, in Stephen Miller's letter to Nancy Pelosi that Donald Trump uh, signed. Yeah, signed. Um, um, which... We're going to come back to that later. Um, also, Luke, I believe it was chapter, I don't know what chapter, I didn't write it down, but the part where uh, Jesus from the cross, his father forgive them, they don't know what they do. Oh, goodness. Um, a congressman used that in reference oh, to into the Democrats. He Gracious. actually, he quoted the scripture. Um, so, again, in, in the Bible, I assume many of you know it, but that is used for those who are crucifying Jesus. Yeah, yeah. In this case, you know, it the was savior of mankind, Father, forgive is... the Democrats. Um, Goodness gracious. And then that letter that went out to Nancy Pelosi, I saw, I'm, you might have seen this. So the letter was delivered, I believe, to like every House member, possibly every Senate, every okay. Senate member. Okay. It was accompanied by either one or two Christmas cards from Donald Trump. So a staffer was going around delivering... <laughs> you know, a package, and the congressperson would open it, and there would be a Christmas card from the president, and there would be the letter uh, that he signed to Nancy Pelosi to where he uh, referenced the Salem witch trials. So the impeachment has been compared to the Salem witch trials, Pearl Harbor, and the crucifixion of Jesus so to in be, the past 48 hours. So to be hours. real clear on all three of those things, um, Innocent people were killed in all of the other circumstances. True story. We might want to turn the volume knob down a little bit on that. True story. Um, you can feel that it's unfair, and that's okay, and by mm -hmm. all means talk about it. I'm fairly certain your life's not in danger, so let's 
Let's back off of that. Yeah. Just a just a tad. So that's just the level of the level of crazy that that went into. Oh, it was bizarro. Um, Do I get to talk about Tulsi Gabbard now? I mean, yes. So we we went through the, these are the things that happened while they were debating it. Then we came to the vote, and it went mostly down party lines. Yeah, Republicans. Uh, voted, I believe, in complete lockstep. Yep. No defections from the Republicans. Yep. Well, excluding like Justin Amash that left the party this year. Right. So there was the there was one person who left the Republicans and went to the Democratic side. I because, saw that. And then there was another who did the, the reverse. Other right. Yeah. So you've had two people over impeachment. Their views on he, impeachment. They've switched parties. The one that defected over to the Republican side. He looked more like a Republican to me. If you're just <laughs> like, go, if you're doing the optics test, yeah. like if you put him up on a screen and you said, "Is this guy a Democrat or a Republican?" Mm-hmm. I'd have gone Republican. Yeah. So I think he he's found his herd now. Yeah. This is where he belonged you all think along. He was missorted to begin lost. with. Yeah. yeah, like maybe his dad raised him as a Democrat, yeah. but secretly inside he was always a Republican. Right. Yeah, he fi- good for him. He that, found freedom. He's that little lost sheep who <laughs> came back, who came to the right fold. And then so, there's Tulsi Gabbard. And then there's Tulsi Gabbard. Who played hide-and-seek for most of the day. So, well, you've had a couple of Democrats who voted on one or the other. So they would vote yes on one of the articles of impeachment, mm-hmm. no on the other. And mm-hmm. you only had like two or three who did that. That was a very small number. So no Republicans voted out of line. A couple of Democrats kind of split their vote. Mm-hmm. And then what did Miss Gabbard do? She voted present, uh, which doesn't make sense to me at all. Um for me, personally, so much smaller scale, let's take mm-hmm. it to the council chambers in Cordova, Alabama. I have only voted present when I had a conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. Um, voting present is dodging a vote. It's I don't want people to know how I actually feel about this topic. What what are you what are you doing, <laughs> Tulsi? That's both. If you don't, has agree, she released a statement explaining but herself? Let's say I'm not sure that if she, she did. Has. It would it would. She would probably somehow just link it back to how good of a commander in chief she would be somehow mm-hmm. in that letter. But Sidebar, if you don't agree with... If you want to hear more about Tulsi Gabbard and haven't listened <laughs> to, to debate our debate up. episode... <laughs> We've got a lasting love affair with there's Tulsi. A, uh, there's a little Christmas present in there for you. Um, so what bothers me is, let's say she doesn't agree with impeachment. And I just sat here and told you that I, I think he probably did something wrong, but I don't think they proved it. So then I would probably have to vote against impeachment, mm-hmm. right? Vote against it, Tulsi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what do you do? Right. <laughs> I'm here. And yeah. then she snuck out a side door. Yes. What is this That's woman? what I read. What is she? That, I don't understand They didn't even her. know if she was there. So she, her presence hadn't been, you know, widely seen. She came in, I think, maybe just a few minutes before the vote, maybe talked to a couple of people, very yeah. small number of people. She voted, and then she left out a side door. So she wasn't yeah. very, she didn't seem very I just, I don't happy get to be there. So moving forward, what does this look like? We've already said that, um, you know, party hacks have been saying for a long time this is what's going to happen. So the House is yeah. going to impeach him. He's not going to be convicted in That's the right. Senate. Yeah. And then we're going to go back essentially to to square one. And yeah. meanwhile, an election is coming up. Um, so let's talk about the, the full view of the Senate. So um, taking the talking point of the Republicans in the House is that this was not fair and it was too fast, right? So fast forward to this uh, trial now in the Senate. So for those that don't completely know, um, the House acts very similar to what like a grand jury would. Something they like look that. at all the evidence and say, hey, we feel like there is enough compelling evidence mm-hmm. to convict this person of this crime. And then they send it to trial, mm-hmm. which is in the Senate, where the senators are the jurors, and they decide. And it is presided over by, by the Chief Justice, the Chief Justice yeah. of the Supreme Court. Yeah. So they send it there for the trial. So 
the problem, and let's just go ahead and like Drew's hot take here, um, they're going to do it very fast in the Senate too. Mm-hmm. So they're going to decry that the that the House one was too fast and not fair. But I assure you that the Senate trial will, will have no new information and no new witnesses, and it'll be as fast as Mitch McConnell can get it out of his body and off his floor. Because the House is, which, how is that under fair? Democratic control right that's now. That's right. And the Senate yep. is under Republican control. Yep. And so that's why this always was going to end this that's way. That's right. It was always going to, they were going to impeach him in the House, and they were not going to vote to remove him from office in the Senate. We all knew that. Now let's talk about like the what ifs scenario. So there is a group of, um, up to five Republicans that could possibly just like monkey wrench this thing a little bit. And I'm not telling you that they're going to vote to remove Donald Trump from office. But one of the big pushes right now is that Mitch McConnell's like, well, no, we're not going to get any new witnesses in here. Well, then some of the Republicans are like, hey, we kind of do want to hear from some witnesses. Mm -hmm. Like we want to have a trial here. And so your guys like a Mitt Romney of the world that is not necessarily a Trump best friend, but not, not like, at all. But he's not a never Trumper either. He he's somewhere in this little chasm in between. There's apparently you know you got Murkowski and then um, who's the lady that's going to lose in uh, Susan Collins mm-hmm. um, and there's a handful of others that could potentially say, hey, at the beginning of the impeachment, they have to approve like a set of rules the same mm-hmm. way that the House did. Well, they, you know, Mitch McConnell could place these rules that say, hey, we're not even going to get any new witnesses. And then those five or so, you don't need five, you need three of them, I think, would say, hey, you know, we don't approve your rules. We want witnesses. And so they could kind of force like a real trial situation, which, possibly, frankly, I think the end result's the same mm-hmm. at, at the end. Then you've also got the other X factor. Uh, you've got a guy like Senator Jones in Alabama here that is, A, up for re-election in a very conservative state, uh, but B, whether you guys want to believe it or not, has actually kind of voted moderate. He's voted 70% of the time-ish with mm-hmm. Richard Shelby, so he's not just like a swinging left guy as far as D.C. is concerned. A lot of Alabamians may feel we'll that about him. view him that him, way, right. But it's simply not true. He's one that could be more along what I've just said. Hey, look, I, maybe I don't like the guy. Maybe I don't think mm-hmm. that the guy's like on the up and up. But you didn't. This was you wrong place, wrong yeah. time. You didn't wrong, prove it. Wrong go. Yeah. So then you could potentially have these. You probably have uh, him, and then I think uh, Kristen Cinema from uh, Arizona. Is that where she's mm-hmm. from? She's from out that Absolutely. way, she's yeah. from Southwest. She's she's another uh, moderate Democrat that I think has very similar feelings of you, you didn't really prove right. the crime. And uh, so you may have a couple of Democrats defect over. So, so either way, chances now are looking good again that he won't be uh, he won't be removed from office. This yeah, is not I don't gonna think happen. that's going to happen at all. He will be the first president to be running for re-election. Yeah. After because Clinton. Yeah, that was you know, his second term. But he did not. Mm-hmm. He was not running for re-election, so he will be running for re-election. He will be essentially acquitted. I mean, you might as well use that. Might as well use that word. I mean, it's going to be thrown around that he was acquitted by the Senate. It's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Um, going to be running for re-election, and no one really knows how that plays out. Does it embolden him? Yeah. Um, can someone be impeached twice, which has not happened in yeah. this country? If he does something between now and November, or if he gets re-elected after November, do you impeach the same person again? What does that look like? I mean, you've really... Uh, You've you've really it's, opened up a whole new world that no I, one has ever lived through I before. I personally believe it has like a net zero impact on the upcoming election. Um, I think you've got your people entrenched on the left and entrenched on the right. They're not changing their mind about any of mm-hmm. this. 
And then those people in the middle, it really depends on how do they perceive his presidency's impact on me. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the auto workers in Michigan that voted for him, did he help you? Did he hurt you? Mm -hmm. Is it neutral? Do you want to try a new direction? That's how they're going to vote. Uh, your, some of your coal workers and stuff like that and your steel workers and these people working in manufacturing plants that swung in Pennsylvania and the Carolinas and the, the Midwest, how do you perceive Trump's presidency on your life? If I'm a betting man, I would think that probably leans a little bit away from him. I don't think there's been great strides there. We talk about um, there's a strong economy, there's a strong stock market. There, there's definitely strengths that he can tout. They, they may not matter to those Midwestern swing voters. And so, and, and I polls just I really show don't think. that by and large, the general public, if you wanted the president impeached before this started, you you still want him impeached and yeah. removed from office. Yeah, those if did, you didn't, didn't you change. didn't. And then in the I'll, middle, the the process that we have gone through has not changed any minds. If right. you were going for you know popular opinion, a groundswell, because that's essentially what happened with Nixon. People will point out that Nixon. Uh, there was bipartisan towards the end. There became bipartisan support that Nixon needed to go. Um, I mean, Republicans, I believe George H.W. Bush was one of them that ended up having to go to the president at one point and saying, Mr. President, I mean, you have to do this. And H.W. had been a loyal supporter and believed him all the way. But right. then at some point, their minds just changed. So Nixon wasn't driven out of office by the Democrats. Nixon resigned because people in his own party, his party said— faded it's yeah. time and that's so not where we are that, now it's not where you are at all whether you're talking about party leadership or just the general public right you didn't convince a majority of americans you, you didn't convince anybody that frankly you, right. you whoever already thought it thought it and whoever didn't think it doesn't think it and you didn't change anybody's so mind. in that sense you you lost in the court of of yep. popular opinion which still makes it if you're rounding percentages 50 50 mm -hmm. <laughs> you know i mean it's just it changed nothing and for a guy like me what bothers me most about all this is all this time spent doing this and we've got this hot economy and all this money flowing in what did you do to improve health care and roads mm -hmm. and bridges and education? Not a dadgum thing because mm -hmm. you were playing with this. Well, so. and uh, I brought this up yesterday. Something that for some reason I have become super focused on is these Afghanistan uh, papers mm -hmm. that the Post came out with. And essentially this is our version of the Pentagon Papers. Mm -hmm. And it shows that we've been fighting a war for a really long time. Mm -hmm. We have nothing to show for it. Mm -hmm. That multiple presidents have lied to the American people at various times mm -hmm. on what was going on in that war. That generals who were, you know, leading this war had no idea what their mission was, mm -hmm. still have no idea what we're doing there. Um, a lot of lives have been lost. A lot of money has been spent. Mm -hmm. um, I sent you a link earlier this year that the people of Afghanistan who are roughly our age don't yeah, even know what September 11th is. They, and some of them don't even believe it. They don't even understand why we are at war there. Yeah. So in the middle of all this, I mean, you had what under other circumstances would be considered a fairly big deal. Mm -hmm. I mean, at least it was during Vietnam to find out that this war that, that you were being lied to for years and years mm -hmm. and all these lives were lost. You have that same thing happening right now in Afghanistan. And how many people have heard about those Afghanistan papers? Right. How many people right, right now? Yeah. Um, how many questions is that we have a debate tonight? How many questions are going to be asked about those Afghanistan papers, most likely, as yep. opposed to impeachment? And if you want to talk in real terms, the money spent, mm -hmm. <laughs> the lives lost, mm -hmm. 
has way more of an impact on you as an American than even if you agree that what happened in, in this phone call was completely very true. Your day to day life. I mean, we've had in, men from this area who've lost their lives in that war. So, um, and to find out that from the beginning it was mismanaged. It was it was half heartedly. Don't even know what they're managing. It was half heartedly yeah. done. Yeah. That you know potentially, I guess, money misspent or something like. There's a lot in there that I haven't been able to dig through. Mm-hmm. But I understand the major point that this war has been a disaster. Well, and, if we are not safer because of it. I mean, oh no! Well, yeah. Period. Exactly. And it goes on and on and on. There's no exit strategy. Period. And this is not something that's being talked about. Mm-hmm. This and is, this is not Republican Democrat. We mentioned in the episode with Miss Atkins. Yeah, we're, this goes across multiple administrations. We're, we're that getting you really close this. to this feeling Vietnamish. Mm-hmm. Um, the the only reason that that it's not completely that is because in the beginning, in 2001, and in 2002. We were defending an attack on our soil. Right. And I think 99.99% of Americans were like, yeah, let's go mm-hmm. fight whoever did that to us. At this point, it, like you just said, a gener- you, you mentioned a generation of, of Afghanis. Think about a generation of Americans born post-2001. So you're mm-hmm. talking voting people now. They don't know two things. They don't know, A, uh, we don't have to be in a war. Uh, you, you cannot be in wars, and that's mm-hmm. okay. And B, we also can pass a balanced budget, um, even though we've never done it in your lifetime. Uh, we, we did it in my lifetime, mm-hmm. thank goodness. We did it in the 90s for a bit. They don't understand either of those things. Yeah. How disappointing is that? So I guess if, if that's my wrap-up impeachment, I guess, you know, they did what they felt they had to do. Oh. I do believe that this is not going to end well, as you said, for anybody. Well, just at but the end. But the main opinion is that... There are so many other ways that this country oh, is screwed just... right now. <laughs> Impeachment is the one that gets the most attention. It's political theater. It's political Thank theater. You. So at the end, uh, let, let's conspiracy jury, theory. Drew is going to talk a little bit to the political theater. I I may have an opinion that both sides entered into this like together, mm-hmm. on, willingly, on purpose. Because those that are, are elected in right-leaning districts have emboldened themselves with the mm-hmm. right-leaners. And those that ha- have been elected in left-leaning districts have emboldened themselves with the left-leaners. And probably all parties involved have just helped themselves to be elected again. Mm-hmm. And that's all they're interested in. Because, so that goes back to, like you said, it's a net interested. zero. So who yeah. who won? Did the American people win the, in this scenario? The, the people currently serving in Congress did because they probably helped get themselves reelected, right. which so is all they're worried about anyway. The politicians won, but the average everyday person got Zippo out of this. That's my take, mm-hmm. yeah. It's just a waste for us mm-hmm. as a lot of what they do is. Uh, I think I, I, I that would be my agreement as I don't well. want to be perceived as just like a, a constantly rail against government. I believe in the institution <laughs> of American government. <laughs> well, um, you got elected they're, to it. They're just, they're just not doing that great. And that's our fault. Mm-hmm. We elect less than stellar leaders. Mm-hmm. We re-elect people for 20 years that have effectively done nothing for us yeah. because they say the right things at the right time. Stop it. Yeah. Stop doing that. It's yeah. our fault. So Yeah. I'm Maybe mad at that us. word I wouldn't use earlier, ambivalent. I mean, I think that's again just and I think it's because as we have just said, at the end of the day, like you either got something for it or you mm. didn't. Mm. 
And, I mean, other than being able to say, well, we set precedent. We showed the president that he can't do this kind of thing again. Would you like to bet? He's probably doing it right now. Like, would you like to bet, <laughs> would you like to bet that that's the – like, here's – because here's the other thing. If that's why you did it, did the president get that message? Yeah, because you didn't. one thinks no. No. Um, will future presidents get that message? Are they going to be terrified of Congress? That's really the can of worms that we'll see what happens, is what happens – whether he's reelected or not, four years down the line, like, does this become a thing? Well, and, I, and I'll be frank with you. If, if Donald Trump wins in November of 2020 or if he loses in November 2020, I feel like it will have had nothing to do mm-hmm. with this. Right. Nothing. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. It, it started with the resistance because <laughs> because we all live in a Star Wars movie now. <laughs> There, uh, there by the was, way, get Disney Plus. There, there was the there was there. the resistance. If you're not watching The Mandalorian, you're not living. And, uh, yeah, Star Star Wars, man. What if they made a star like a Star Wars esque movie about <laughs> impeachment? I don't think Disney would touch that one. Would we would we watch it more? Would we watch it more than these hearings that? It's just, I just told you I listened to most of them on NPR with my dog. I yeah. didn't actually watch them. It's so. a dog and pony show. So that's impeachment. Yeah, um, that happened. Your kids are going to read about it in history books. It happened. It will. And, I mean, yeah. I don't want to downplay that moment. I mean, it, it is historic. But everything at this point in time feels just so not historic that it they just, do. Yeah, Doesn't it? Just it feels it? like it's, like it's really. just this phoned-in, scripted version of D.C. now. It's yeah. just... Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. So uh, so that's her thoughts on it. In case you lucky people, maybe, who didn't catch up on any of this at all, Hopefully we at least served as some You're sort welcome. of like, You're welcome. here's impeachment 101. <laughs> we filtered That's out. what I tried to do anyway. Hey, That's why we, I thought we'll just take it from both sides. Here's what this side presented. This is what yeah. that side said. And this is and how it, we don't believe either end, side. Right. And at the end of the day, <laughs> Democrats suck. Republicans suck. That's it. Uh, and that's... that's it. That's the official left on red. That's our take. Take. Hot take for on you. On the impeachment. Yeah. Everybody sucks. So, uh, so thanks for listening. And um, happy yeah. holidays to you. Yeah. We're getting close. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Have will plug the Facebook page. We've been doing 12 Days of Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And I'm trying to keep other content on there as well, even this, though this is a downtime. So check into our Facebook page. Um, we do have, I think, maybe two two bonus episodes, or is, it, or is this only going to be the second one? This is the third one, isn't um, it? But we're, we're trying to keep some content going until we come back with season two. So. Yeah. And I'll have you another one soon, too, where mm-hmm. I rant a lot. We're, we're working on another one. So thanks for being with us. <laughs> See you. Left on Red is a Daily Mountain Eagle production. Copyright 2019, Daily Mountain Eagle, all rights reserved.